ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. One of my favorite humans on the planet, Om Young Un Soup, is joining us here. Uh, we spent a lot of time in uh, in New York covering the Giants together, and then you know he packs up all his wonderful sneakers uh, in his uh, his stellar tennis game, and he heads out to uh, to LA to, to to cover some NBA. So, Om, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on Bet LA. How you doing? What's up, Anita? It's good uh, being reunited with you, and uh, it's good to hear your voice here in L.A. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I want to say we've been on for a month now, so uh, Tyler and Rebecca produced the show. We have a really good time, and, and we're thrilled to have you on because NBA season has begun, right? Like the preseason games, before we know it, uh, you know, regular season action is going to be happening, and so let's talk about some of the futures bets people could make uh, before the season tips off and let's start big picture first get this um this season pretty much wide open uh no teams have a shorter um odd has have a shorter odd than five to one to win it all for the first time in over 35 seasons just to co- just to show you the parody now right no, no longer are the well outside of the nets uh, but still, there's some question marks about Ben Simmons, right? But like, no longer is like the you know LeBron, um, you know Miami Heat team that's looking to win not one, not two, not three, not four, right? Like, so a lot more parity now. So you've got the the you've got the Boston Celtics at plus five five seventy five. You've got the Clippers at plus five fifty. Golden State six to one. The Nets are seven to one. The Bucks are eight to one. Just so much parity right now heading into the season so with that being said uh, give me what what are your picks what are your plays who do you who do you think has the best opportunity right now to win the championship this season oh uh i would say uh the clippers are uh, the deepest team in the nba um it comes down to health for them if Kawhi Leonard and paul george are going to be healthy john wall we don't know what john wall is going to give because he's only played 40 games in the last three years Kawhi coming off and missing all the last season. Uh, it's going to be a slow ramp up uh, potentially for those two guys because the Clippers just want to make sure that they're healthy come playoff time. But if they are healthy come playoff time, if they have their chemistry right, uh, which could be a little bit of a challenge because despite all the depth that they have, um, you know, we don't know uh, how many times Kawhi is going to play in back-to-backs and John Wall. They have 11 of their 15 back-to-backs before February 1st. But Their schedule is very easy down the stretch. They play like 61 games before the All-Star break, and then after that, it's just 21 games down the stretch. And at that point, if everybody's tanking for Victor Wembanyama, you know, you could see the Clippers probably rack up the wins. Um, But I I like the Clippers a lot. I like the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Giannis is probably focused. I think they've got a lot of um, veteran experience around him again. Um, I like the Golden State Warriors, despite what's going on with them right now, and Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Um, you know, if they get off to a, a quick start, an early start to the season, I guess we'll probably forget about all that happened. Um, so I, I like those teams. Um, and Boston, 
I don't know how the head coaching thing is going to impact them. I really don't. Um, we don't know enough there. Um, we just know that they look very good in getting the finals, and I like all the additions they made. Malcolm Brogdon is a terrific addition to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but coaching is always going to be a big factor, and it was a big factor for them last season. So I, I would say off the top of my head, um, those teams come to mind right away. Can you believe we're already in year four of Paul George and, and Kawhi? Like, it's just it's just it's it's like it's flown by and and I think a big reason is right is is because of the health issue and and the fact that you know we just we haven't seen a lot of them on on the court at the same time but man we're 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 heading into to year 4 and I think you hit the nail on the head right like you know it's 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 a long season and and having depth on your roster is so key and so crucial i mean this this team has has wings for days no pun intended right yeah, in some ways, I would say it feels like it's been longer than four years because, you know, they started <laughs> their first season was when the pandemic hit. Um, but it also feels less than four years because we haven't seen them together for more than yep. like, I don't know, I think they've been together on the floor, regular season and playoffs included, it's been like 100-something games. Uh, that's it. And so I, I think from that standpoint, I think it's 101 or something like that. From that standpoint, um you know, this is year four for them. It's kind of time that they kind of show and deliver what they came to do, which was to lead the Clippers to the NBA Finals and win a championship. And I think I sat down with Paul George uh, in Las Vegas, and one of the things he said was he certainly kind of made that internal promise to himself when he signed with the Clippers and joined forces with Kawhi was to lead the Clippers to a championship. So he certainly feels that they feel the pressure. They know the expectations are on them, and they welcome it. Uh, but I think they also know that it's kind of starting to get time for them to kind of really deliver on that. And so this is the most talented team they've had around them. And there are very few weaknesses with this team, Anita. You can't point to the coaching as a weakness. Ty Lue is probably the master tactician in the NBA, at least one of the top two or three. Um, they've got depth. They've got the star power. They've got wings. They've got veteran experience. Um, if, if anything, the, the intangibles are kind of what is the unknown health, uh, do they have the necessary leadership and the chemistry? I think it's probably going to come down to those three things for them. If they're, if they are kind of able to enter the playoffs and they're somewhat healthy. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 oh, I'm like, you know, just, and, and I know you rattled off, of, obviously, you know, the teams that are at the top, um, of, you know, the futures odds, but every team seems to have an issue, right? Like, Outside the Clippers, you know, we just talked about Golden State, and we know what happened with Draymond Green this week. My goodness, and in that video leaking, wow! It's it's what you know. Oh, it's it's one thing to hear that Draymond Green, um, you know, took a fist to 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 pull. It's another when you see it on video, and you're like, whoa! Oh man, he really went there. Um, you know, you mentioned Boston without having their head coach who's, who's now suspended the net. So many question marks there with everybody wanting to be traded. And we don't know Ben Simmons. He hasn't played in, in, in years, it seems like pretty much. And, um, and all the drama that took place there with, of course, Katie and, and, and Kyrie wanting uh, to be traded. So it, there's just, there's so many question marks with a lot of these teams and like I said, there's so much parity this year. It's, I, I'm excited for the season. I really am. Um, let, let's talk about the Lakers. The Lakers, 18-1 to 1 to win the championship. Listen, it's LeBron James. It's AD. 
Here's the thing. I, I think if, if, if they combine play for anywhere between 120 to 130 games, I think they for sure could finish above 500. You know, um, does that get them in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I do believe they, they, they can. My, my question mark already, right, AD, like he's got back tightness. <laughs> you know, at their age... I, I just, you know, I, I just don't know. And I, I know they added, you know, Patrick Beverly. I, I get that. And, and, you know, will he be a good fit with, with Westbrook still there on the roster? But I, for me, like, you know, what, what I guess what's more concerning, Ohm? Is it the chemistry of this team or is it, or is it health issues throughout the season for this team for you? It's both. Um, I would say this, though. Uh, the health trumps the chemistry because if Anthony Davis is healthy, and he returns back to a top 10 player, Anita, then, then it does, you know, that would trump the chemistry because if Anthony Davis returns back to the guy that he was when they won the championship in the bubble, which was a matchup nightmare, uh, a top five player in the NBA, then the Lakers are not only making the playoffs, they are definitely a playoff team. Uh, they can contend because I really think that's how good Anthony Davis is. If he can stay healthy, if he's focused, if he's motivated, and he's dominant. There are very few players in the league that can stay with Anthony Davis. Uh, that's a big, big if, because as we've seen the last couple of years, uh, he has been injury prone and it's not been significant injuries. It's just been like little things here and there that just kind of keep him out for stretches. And so that's going to be the key. If, if Anthony Davis is old AD, if it's dominant AD, then the Lakers are going to be a problem for everyone. And, I think they can go deep into the playoffs, but uh, it's just a huge, huge if that we just don't know. Um, MVP. If you had to put money down on, uh, on an MVP player for, you know, here's another thing. We haven't talked about the 76ers yet, right? Like I like what they've done in the off season. You know, obviously, you know, they're really committed uh, to, uh, to winning a championship as uh, you know, we saw Harden uh, renegotiate his deal to, to free up some money. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking there as well. Who, who, who would you put your money down that you think has a great chance of winning the MVP this season? My three candidates that I would keep an eye on, uh, let, let's make it four. I, I would say is Joel Embiid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously he, he is, is probably PO'd about finishing second now in, in MVP two years in a row. Um, he's going to be motivated. He's still dominant. And I would think that it looks like James Harden is going to be in a facilitating role to try to make Joe Embiid shine as, as much as he can. Nikola Jokic, for some reason, he is the two-time back-to-back MVP. He has a chance to be the three-time back-to-back-to-back MVP, um, which something has only been done by like four guys. I think the last guy to do is Larry Bird, okay? People still sleep on him, and you can make the argument that – Potentially, Nikola Jokic could be even better this year because he's got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, which means his assist rates could go up, which means his efficiency in the score could go up. He's going to get easier shots. He's not going to face as many double teams. Perhaps the scoring might go down, maybe a little bit, but everything else could go up. And so I think that's where Nikola Jokic might even be better. And on top of that, Nikola Jokic was winning MVPs and his team wasn't even winning 50 games. The Denver Nuggets could win over 50 games this year. Um, the other guy that everybody likes, Luka Doncic. Um, this is going to be, I think, I, I may be mistaken, but it might be year three or year four for the I think it's year four. But, like, basically, Luka Doncic now 
he's kind of at this stage in his life where I think he is ready to take it another level. Um, and so we'll, we'll see how good Luka Doncic can be, but a lot of people have him as an MVP favorite. And then the other guy that I would say is going to be super motivated this season, I think, is Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant spent an entire summer thinking he was going to be moved, and he wasn't, and was shocked at the fact that a guy as good as he is, arguably perhaps the best player in the NBA, I mean, when he was playing last year, and I was there for the first two months covering the Nets, Kevin Durant was awesome. And so now you've given him basically the motivation and the fuel of that they couldn't trade him and other teams weren't willing to give up as much for him. I just feel like Kevin Durant's going to come in uh, and be extremely motivated. So I would say those four guys, to me, are in the MVP race. It's going to be really hard to figure out who's going to win, but I think those are the front runners. Last one for you. Uh, there are five teams that have a win total below 25, right? And it's the Tankathon for Victor Wimbanyama. I, I know it's going to take me a minute to, to pronounce his name, but, you know, and, and everybody's been talking about him, right, this week. The Spurs win total 22 and a half. Is that, I mean, uh, just. <laughs> Uh, the Pacers, 22 and a half. Uh, the Rockets, 23 and a half. The Jazz, 23 and a half. The Thunder, 24 and a half. We usually don't start talking tanking until midway through the season or a quarter left. We're talking about tanking now because uh, this this young man is, is a generational talent. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, I would say the San Antonio Spurs might win even less than that. Um, I think the year that they got Tim Duncan – for some reason, the number 21 sticks out of my head, 20 or 21. Uh, so I, I would say they are going to be really bad this year and with, uh, you know, every reason to be bad. This is the year to tank. I think you're going to see more, way more than five teams tank. I think come December, there are going to be teams bailing out. I think at the trade deadline, you're going to see a lot of teams selling. And a lot of high, high elite contenders are going to benefit from that, like potentially the Clippers, who have a bunch of, like, you know, basically uh, attractive contracts that they can trade. Um, I, I think this is going to be a wild year and season for a prospect that we probably haven't seen since LeBron James and may have never seen ever before. So I, I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. I think you're going to see a lot of teams really bad. I think you're going to see a lot of teams – with 50 to 60 wins because of it, which is going to be crazy. Um, and then I think we're going to see a lot of teams that were the middling teams that are going to have to make a decision. Is it worth us trying to get in the play-in game to get guys experience and all that? Or is it worth us if we're this close to being out to just really being out and trying to get some odds and a shot at, at uh, Wemby? It's going to be real interesting to watch. It's going to be so fun. Ohm, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. So appreciate you, my friend. We miss you so much here uh, in, in the New York area. Um, but, uh, but watch you, obviously. Uh, you do such a phenomenal job covering all things NBA. So, uh, so, so uh, you know, just I'm so proud of you. So good to have you on. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks, Anita. I miss you a lot, and it's great to hear your voice here in L.A. You got it. Om Youngman Soup joining us here on Bet LA with a little NBA futures. So, uh, so digest and get at it because the season will be here before we know it. More to come. 710 ESPN LA. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights right here on 710 ESPN. Once again, back to Bet LA with Anita Marks. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA, and one of our favorite handicappers joins us, Fat Jack, from across the pond. Can you believe it? So early in the morning. Fat Jack, thank you so much for taking this time out. How you doing? How's, how's, uh, how's London treating you? Yeah, things are great. You know, I've been here since before the uh, first game covering the game for uh, TV show Beat the Odds that I'm on and a bunch of radio stations around the country, and it's really been neat. I you know, if you've never been over here to watch a game, it's absolutely worth the trip. Um, the I, I've told I told people this a lot over the course of the week. The I've been to all sorts of national championship games, bowl games, uh, final fours, everything short of a Super Bowl because I go to Vegas for the Super Bowl every year. There's I've never seen a harder ticket to come by than these two games here in London, and and, and I mean that seriously. A nosebleed seat, five hundred pounds, which is about six hundred dollars. Uh, and that was for last weekend with Minnesota playing New Orleans. This one with Aaron Rodgers, I, I can't imagine what it's been like. And it's the first time I've ever seen places like StubHub and Ticketmasters have zero tickets available 24 hours before the game. So it's really a, an, an incredible, uh, asset, you know, an amazing compliment to the NFL that it's such an international sport, especially with them going to, to uh, Germany later in the year. Typically, it's a lot of German fans that come over. I've, I've covered this game for a few years now. And this year, it is just all about London and all about the people of London. So uh, exciting time. And I will say this, Green Bay has already infiltrated London. There's Green Bay jerseys everywhere. And the Giants are coming in probably tonight and into tomorrow. So it will be a, a football fest over the weekend here across the pond. I'm sure. I'm sure. And keep in mind, folks might not be aware of this. This is the first time that Aaron Rodgers is is playing in London. I, I, I heard that earlier this week on the NFL Network, and I was like, What? Um, so, yeah. uh, so some good stuff. Well, let, let's, for, sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. That, that was the first time Green Bay has ever played outside the country. It's the first time they've ever played outside the contiguous United States. And, and there's two different philosophies when teams come over here. One is you come early in the week, you get adjusted to the time and you get ready to roll. The other one, and that's what New Orleans did. And that's what the Giants have done. The other way is what Green Bay did and what Minnesota did, which is they come over on the red-eye Thursday night. They tell their players, we really don't want you getting acclimated to the time because we don't want to give up the rest of October as far as you having to get back acclimated to central time or, or, or some other time zones. And so they come in late. They play basically a game at 8.30 in the morning central time. And then they say, you know what, we're not going to sacrifice next week and the week after for this one game. That typically leads to lower points. Those are the two theories of, of schools of thought. And I do believe the Green Bay's offense will start out a little bit sluggish because of that. Their defense has been next level. We all we talked about the Giants and their kind of issues offensively over the last few weeks. Injuries at quarterback. Barkley's been good, but they've been inconsistent. 
Also, five of the last six Giants games have gone under the total. So um, London games typically go under. Uh, eight of the last 13 have gone under, and I suspect this one will as well. I'll take under the 41. Um, I, I like that, and, and you're in London. I'm here in the tri-state area. Uh, I've been staying on top of this whole uh, Daniel Jones situation with his, uh, his, his ankle injury. And up until late yesterday, the expectation was that third-string quarterback, Davis Webb, was going to start. Of course, Tyrod Taylor has a concussion, but Daniel has looked good at practice uh, the last 24 hours, so he's making the trip. He's going to play, but keep in mind, Jack, he's uh, you know he's he's uh, he's under pressure so much. He's the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. He's had to scramble. There's really a, a huge risk reward there, um, you know, for for Daniel Jones in regard to if you're going to play the Giants at plus seven and a half for folks out there, I would stay away from it because there's a chance he could re-injure it considering um, how much he, he has to run in this Brian Dable offense. So there's there's yeah. that. Um, some other NFL games, uh, let's touch on. And, of course, since we're here on the airwaves in, in L.A., let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Rams. Um, I know I might upset some people here, but I, I will say this. I won't use the word shocked. I'll use the word surprised uh, that Dallas is getting five and a half. Um, the over-under is at 42. I, I, I'm, I have a huge lean here for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm curious, what side, what side are you on here? Yeah, Dallas has covered the last five in a row on the road, and they have not skipped a beat. In fact, they played better with their backup quarterback than they were with Prescott before that. That's the biggest problem for the Cowboys is what happens when Prescott comes back uh, when they've been playing so well and, frankly, playing as a team. Uh, the Rams, one of the biggest traps we saw all year so far was Monday night with San Francisco being a favorite. I think a lot of people leading up to that game thought, how are the Rams getting points for the San Francisco offense? It's been a little bit inconsistent. But Rams, it's just been about what you're getting each and every week. I would lean toward the Rams here. I think it's one, they're one of those teams this year that when you're zigging, they should be zagging, and when you're zagging, they should be zigging. They've looked really good at times and really bad at times. It's one of the harder games for me to pick uh, this week. Dallas 3-1 and one against the spread this year. Uh, the Rams have been under most of their last five games, four of their last five games, so 80% of the time they've gone under the total. Not scoring a bunch of points, but not giving up a bunch. I see another low-scoring game with this total in the mid-40s or actually low-40s at this point, but I'll lean toward the Rams. I think it's one of those you have to earn, though, uh, if you're trying to play this one, uh, you know, be sure to take your heart medication because I do think it's going to be one of those uh, down-to-the-end type games, either four or seven-point games, but I do think the Rams probably get there in the end. Yeah. Um, again, I'm 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 leaning towards Dallas. I just think you know the the Rams' offensive line going up against uh, Micah Parsons and and that defense and and that those guys that really get after the quarterback frighten me a little bit too much. Um, let's talk about the Chargers and the Browns. Chargers on the road heading to Cleveland, taking on a Cleveland Browns team, a home dog. Jack, uh, plus two. The over under is at forty seven. How are you playing this one? Yeah, this is one of those games that I think we're going to come out of and say, yeah, you know what, this Cleveland team without a really good quarterback is what we kind of thought it was going to be. They're 2-2 two and two this year, but they played the fourth easiest schedule so far, and they have the second toughest schedule left in front of them. So I do think this is one of those Cleveland teams we're going to look up in a month and say, yeah, you know what, they were doing okay early. 
but they kind of are where we thought they would be. The Chargers obviously have an injuries and, and some issues there, but they're three of one against the spread as well. I think this is one of those that is one of the easier road favorite situations, and you just have two teams that, from what we've seen, their body of work so far, you might think they're pretty evenly matched. But I think here in a month we'd look back and say, how were the Chargers only two-point favorite on the road at Cleveland? I'll go ahead and lay the points and play the Chargers on the road. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you, absolutely. Let's turn our attention to what's going on in college football. Two big games for both UCLA and USC. Let's start with UCLA first and foremost, going up against Utah. As we know, they lost to Florida that opening uh, game of the season, 29-26. to I think they're a much better team than what most people think, and, and a win against a ranked UCLA team is exactly what they want and they need. Utah favored by three and a half. The over-unders at 64 and a half. Do you have a play in this one? Yeah, I actually like Utah here. Um, I like you what UCLA's done. You know, I, I played South Alabama against them, but I've been wrong on UCLA a couple times as well. But I actually like Utah here. This is a veteran team that has been battle tested. They have traveled. There are still good seats remaining in the where in UCLA at the game, so it won't be a huge, uh, you know, partisan crowd. Um, I think Utah is just better top to bottom. But I will tell you, the sharp players around the country that I know are equally split on this one. There are a lot of people that really like UCLA here, but I like Utah. I like their veteran leadership. I'm not worried about them going on the road. And I'll go ahead and lay the field goal. What about USC? Uh, they're favored by 13. The over-under is at 66. Listen, I got burned last week. Um, again, they didn't cover against Arizona State. I'm, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to wait and, and hope that this line jumps up to 14, 14 and a half. If it does, I'll play it. If it doesn't, I'm going to stay away. Do you have a play here? Yeah, there's a couple of these games this weekend, one in college and one in the NFL, where you're getting a bunch of – if you play the underdog, you're getting a bunch of points, but you are going to be kind of white-knuckled the entire game. And this is one of them. UCLA's offense is so explosive. The other one is Buffalo and Pittsburgh, where you've got two really good offenses that I do think will come a little bit flat. The more, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where the more the defensive coordinators get a view of Lincoln Riley's offense – the better they're going to do at stopping them some. And I do think UCLA, USC's defense is going to give up some points. Washington State has been gay. They're, they're a team that will control the time of possession. They'll convert third downs at a pretty high rate. Uh, UCLA or USC, excuse me, giving up points at home as well. Eight of the last nine have gone over. So I'm with you. I'll take Washington State. I would obviously like it better at two touchdowns than I do 12 and a half or 13. Similar with Pittsburgh. It's a little bit under the number, but a flat spot for Buffalo here. Big game last week, big game on deck, and nobody's better than Tomlin in the NFL at covering numbers as an underdog. So both very similar games, and the handicapping is very similar, that you get a bunch of points, but you're probably going to have to earn it. I like Washington State, and I do like Pittsburgh against Buffalo as well. Last one uh, for you uh, before we let you go, and, and that is Texas Tech getting nine and a half against OSU. Is, is, this, is, this, is this your college play of the week? Possibly, maybe. It really perhaps. is. Yeah, I, I really like Texas Tech here. Oklahoma State, you know, what I do in October is I look and see who are the most overrated teams in college football and who are the most underrated teams. There's no question Oklahoma State's one of the most overrated teams in all its college football. They're really, their high ranking is based on last year's team that made it all the way to the Big 12 championship. Seven of those starters on defense are gone. They had a really soft non conference schedule. They did go down to beat Baylor. That's a good win. But honestly, they were outgained by Baylor. And this is a team that's giving up six and a half yards per play. 
they're only gained about six yards per play, so it's about even. And two of their games that they've won, they they statistically should have lost based on how many how many yards they were giving up during the game and how many yards per play they were giving up. Texas Tech's five and one against the spread. Their last six in the series, they also battle tested. They win at Texas, and they beat Texas. They beat Houston, and this team is really good offensively. They're getting better each and every week. Quarterback injuries start the year. They've now got kids that have have got a lot of reps under their belt. I think this is way too many points in Stillwater. I'll take Tech plus the points. Love it. Great stuff as always, uh, Fat Jack. Uh, if you can, please let our listeners know how can they find you, your website, social, all that great stuff. Yeah, right now I'm at the uh, Waldorf Astoria in London, but the winners are firing <laughs> out all weekend long. And they're text to your cell phone, they're emailed to you, and they're going to help you win. Consistent winning plays, text to your cell phone or email to you. Everybody gets the same place. They're posted and documented. I'm 100% transparent about it. And we've had one losing college day and one losing NFL day literally all season long. Uh, in, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs are free. The, we had Cleveland earlier on, on uh, Friday that get, get our playoffs off to a good start. And so when you sign up, it's less than $100 a week for long-term packages. Only 169 through Monday. And if you go through Halloween or longer, it's less than $100 a week to make money betting the games at FatJackSports.com. Love it. Love it. Enjoy the game. Um, and uh, and we so appreciate you being on with us here uh, on 710 ESPN LA. Thank you so much, Fat Jack. I need to hear the best. Have a great weekend. I'll see you soon. You got it. You got it. All right. So uh, broke it down for you. Rams, Chargers, UCLA, USC. What more do you need? <laughs> All right. Uh, we come back. Uh, we'll give you some more picks, some more plays as well. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. With Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Feel any different? I mean, obviously, yeah. Getting, you know, going from no reps to now getting reps and um, haven't had a lot of time with these guys. So this is real valuable time for me and for them. Um, just, you know, for all of us to get on the same page. What have the last like, 72 hours or so been like for you since you went in the game at halftime? Um, you know, the 24-hour rule, I mean, everything, I try to keep it all, you know, the same. I think the only thing that's different now is obviously, like I said, getting reps. So um, my preparation, I got into a really good routine talking with Coach, Com- uh, Coach Tomlin in, in the preseason and during the regular season about having a good routine of preparation. So when the time comes, I really don't change in, in terms of that. Only the reps change. So um, I feel good with where I'm at right now. That's Kenny Pickett. Exciting for him, right? That uh, now his uh, the Steelers era of Kenny Pickett, of course, uh, being the starting. Qu- My dogs are excited. If you could hear him in the background, um, uh, the, the Kenny Pickett era is really exciting for him. So, um, so good news for Kenny Pickett going up against uh, the Buffalo Bills. Not so good. Uh, that, that's going to be a, a tough first start for him, but nonetheless. Um, I'm going to get into some of my college plays, but before I do, I want to get you in the know, especially for all you fantasy football freaks out there like me. With all due respect, I am a fantasy football freak as well. I just want to get you into the know of, um, of some of the players out there that have already been ruled out, who's, uh, who's dealing with some ailments that we need to be aware of as we get closer to Sunday. So quarterback-wise, again, Kenny Pickett is starting, not that Trubisky is injured, but, uh, but Pittsburgh decided they want to make the switch. Tua did not even make the trip. To New York, so Teddy Bridgewater, aka Teddy Covers, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is going to be starting for the. I just think people just underestimate Teddy. Oh, um, he's been underestimated from day one. 
I know. I know he has. Uh, so so anyway, I, I do. I, I, I like I like the Dolphins to win this week. Uh, but nonetheless, um, doesn't look like Mac Jones is uh, is going to be ready to go. Hoyer obviously is in concussion protocol. So Bailey Zappi, more than likely third string quarterback, looks like he's going to quarterback for the Patriots this week. As I said, Daniel Jones, we spoke to uh, to Fat Jack over there across the pond. Daniel Jones is going to give it a go. Start against the Green Bay Packers. Can he last all four quarters? Hopefully he can. And Jameis Winston has been ruled out. So Andy Dalton is going to get the start for the Saints this week. Um, uh, DeAndre Swift, running backs. DeAndre Swift has been ruled out. So another week of Jamal Williams. If you did pick him up in fantasy, good for you. Um, Justice Hill is uh, is going to be inactive. So that could be a really heavy share of uh, carries for J.K. Dobbins, which is great. Um, because uh, it's J.K. Dobbins. I, I'm just I'm waiting for him to explode. I'm waiting for him to explode. We'll see what happens. So uh, so those are uh, and and by the way, Tony Pollard came up with uh, some type of illness. So keep that in mind. Uh, if he doesn't go, then it's 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 100 percent Ezekiel Elliott in that backfield, which could bode well uh, for a number of people. Wide receiver, as we know, again, uh, Keenan Allen is out. It could be a big day for Mike Williams, that's for sure. Jalen Waddell and, and Tyreek Hill are dealing with some injuries, so keep an eye on that. Michael Thomas has been ruled out. Olave has been an absolute beast, uh, even Andy Dalton at quarterback for the Saints. Uh, Burks, Trey Burks, not expected to play. So Robert Woods should get a hefty amount of targets this week, that's for sure. Rashad Bateman has been ruled out for the Baltimore Ravens. Duvernay. Could be available on your waiver wire. As I like to say, hashtag run, don't walk. See if he is. Also, I like the over three and a half receptions for Duvernay this week against Cincinnati. I think a lot of points are going to be put up in that game. Um, trying to think what else. Anybody else uh, that I think? Oh, well, Marquise Brown, he, he he's dealing with a foot issue. Uh, Rondell Moore is dealing with a knee issue. So Dorch, Greg Dorch. Uh, could get back into action this week. Here's a real big hit, and that's uh, Pitt. Kyle Pitt from uh, the Atlanta Falcons is dealing with a hamstring issue. He's been already ruled out. So um, Drake London could be the guy that can benefit, obviously, target share from that. And Knox, tight end for the Buffalo Bills, has been ruled out as well. Um, Also, Elliott. Field goal kicker for the for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles has been ruled out. So if you do have him, a lot of times fantasy football folks out there, you don't really pay a lot of attention uh, to uh, to your kicker. So uh, Elliot is going to be inactive this week. So just keep that in mind. You've got to you've got to grab a new uh, a, another kicker uh, on the waiver wire. So um, so again, just those are the players you need to be in the know about as we get closer. Eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time, the active inactive list comes out. And then, um, and then, you know, you, you can make adjustments for sure. But by the way, if, if Duvernay is available in a waiver wire, um, I would definitely, I would pick him up for sure. So I'm trying to think anybody else that might be a wa- available on a waiver wire. Dortch, Greg Dortch um, against, uh, against the Eagles. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of points that are going to be put up in that, that game as well. I think uh, the Cardinals are going to have to play catch up, especially in, in the second half that they like to do. Um, I, I want to get into some college football picks and plays. As we had Fat Jack on earlier, he gave you his plays for UCLA and USC. I'm going to give you mine as well. You might not want to hear them <laughs> um, because 
I, I'm, I'm betting against the Rams and, 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 um, and of course, uh, the, the Chargers in, in the NFL. Unfortunately, I am going against UCLA uh, in college football. I, just, I, I think this Utah team is just a lot better um, than what we've seen. Listen, they lost to Florida in, in the open of the season, 29-26, to 26 because of a really uh, stupid interception on the goal line. And ever since Florida, they've outscored their opponents by an average of 35 points. Um, and they need this win. I, you know, they, they, wa- they want to be respected across the country. And if they could come in and they could beat a ranked UCLA team, it's exactly what they're looking for. And listen, I know UCLA's got a great secondary, um, but I'm just worried about UCLA's uh, quarterback DTR. You know, when he's pressured, no bueno. It's not good. And Utah has one of the best pressure rates in college football. So I'm, I'm going with the Utes uh, at, at minus three and a half. I, I, don't like the, I don't like the hook, so I'm probably going to buy the hook down. And, uh, and, and, but I, I think Utah wins this one, guys. Uh, Washington State going up against USC right now. The line's at 13. The over-under is at 66. If this line jumps up to 14, 14 and a half, um, then, then, uh, then I'll play it. Um, and I'll play Washington State. Listen, I got burned last. I don't know about you. I got burned last week. Arizona State, you know, USC did not cover against Arizona, Arizona State. Uh, Lincoln Riley is 11-20 against the spread um, as a double-digit favorite in conference games. And I, this might, I don't, I don't like to use the word trap game, but USC might be looking ahead to Utah, who they play their next game. And Washington State is feisty, man. Their offense is pretty feisty. As we know, USC, their defense isn't so great. So, And Washington's defense isn't outstanding, but I think they can do just enough uh, where USC just doesn't go on a rampage. So, so anyway, again, um, I, I do like the over in this game, but I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to see if this line goes to 14, 14 and a half, then I'm going to be on the Washington State side. Uh, really, the big game and, and a lot of drama surrounding it is Texas A&M and Alabama, right? Because of the the uh, the the comments that were made be- between Jimbo and and of course uh, Saban prior to the season starting. So no love lost there, that's for sure. These two guys hate each other. I hate using the word hate, but I'm using it here because they do hate each other. Uh, also, the the big drama is you know is is Bryce going to play? If he does, I'm all over Alabama minus twenty four. 20, uh, okay, the over-under is at 51.5. I do like the over here, by the way. Let's be honest. Whenever teams get to go up against Alabama, they bring their A-plus game. And, um, and so, and typically a lot of times, what, what does Alabama do? They come in, they score a, a you know, boatload of points, and then they play that stupid prevent defense. They put in their third, fourth, fifth string guys, and then, and, and then the opponent comes back, scores a ton of points in the fourth, in, in, in the fourth quarter, uh, the second half. And, um, and and the over typically covers uh, more times than not. Um, this is definitely a revenge game for, for Nick Saban, that's for sure. So, so he wants Bryce Young to be active and attractive. We'll see. He's dealing with a, a um, uh, AC joint situation in his shoulder. So we'll find out. So again, if Bryce Young plays, I'm going to take Alabama minus 24. As of right now, I do like the over at 51 and a half. Uh, one more game I want to talk about, and that's TCU going against Kansas. TCU favored by six and a half. The over/under is at sixty-nine and a half. Man, this Big Twelve shootout. I, I like the over here as well. It's a lot of points, but listen, Kansas 
they've been amazing. Undefeated so far this season, ranked 13th, but this is a TCU team. They're 4-0. They beat Oklahoma 55-24. to They're really good. Both these offenses are explosive, uh, both in the top five in offensive efficiency, ranked up there with OSU, USC, Georgia, Alabama, but their defenses struggle. TCU, 64th-ranked defense in college. Kansas, 104th-ranked defense in college. So my play here is the over. Again, I know it's a big number, but I think a lot of points are going to be scored here at 69 and a half. And listen, my dogs agree with me. So there's that. All right. All right. Uh, quick break. We come back. Let's get you ready for Sunday morning, right? Bright and early across the pond, the Green Bay Packers, as well as the Giants, Patty Trania who uh, covers the Giants, is, is going to join us on the show, bring us up to speed on what's going on with Daniel Jones, the quarterback situation, the wide receiver position, all that, uh, and we'll make a good play uh, for that, that morning game on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to uh, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to 710 ESPN LA. It is Bet LA and getting you ready for Sunday morning, bright and early. What is that, 6.30 a.m.? Um, uh, you've got, of course, the Green Bay Packers going up against the Giants. Patty Trania, who does a phenomenal job covering the Giants um, for, of course, a number of, of, uh, of venues. Giants County, part of Fan Nation Network, Sports Illustrated, also as her podcast, Locked on Giants podcast, you can get anywhere you, you podcast as well as YouTube. Patty, let's start first and foremost. Daniel Jones, earlier this week where I was being told he was not going to start, it was going to be Daniel, it was going to be Davis Webb, but now we're hearing Daniel is going to start against the Green Bay Packers. What can we expect? Yeah, so Daniel Jones, as we know, he sprained his ankle against the Chicago Bears. It was not a high ankle sprain, thank goodness for him. Um, so he came in and on uh, Monday and just really threw himself headfirst into his rehab. I mean, we're talking literally round the clock rehab, determined not to miss a start. And, you know, there was some question as to whether or not he'd be ready to go. But uh, he was limited on Wednesday. He had his ankle heavily taped, seemed to move around okay. But with the tape job on his ankle, it, he was kind of flat-footed on that left foot. On Thursday, however, it looked like he had less tape on that ankle, and it looked like he was able to flex it, you know, normally as like he would if he were running. So uh, he was limited again, and then on Friday, he was able to do a full practice. This after flying, you know, six-plus hours from uh, Newark to London, no swelling, no setbacks. He was a full participant in practice, and therefore doesn't, didn't get an uh, injury designation. So he is good to go. For Sunday against the Packers. Now, Davis Webb is going to be likely elevated from the practice squad. Tyrod Taylor, the backup quarterback, is still in the concussion protocol, did not clear. So, Webb will be the backup to Daniel Jones. Yeah, so, and let's talk about that for a second because this, you know, Davis Webb was, was with this franchise, with this organization before, and a number of us, including myself, uh, felt that he was going to be the next heir apparent to to Eli Manning, and and obviously that's not what happened. Um, and and everything that I had heard since then was that just him and, and Pat Shermer just did not see eye to eye and did not get along, and that was another a, a big reason why he he was not successful here. Um, but but knows the system, right? Like let's just say God God forbid 
uh, Daniel Jones re-injures that ankle. Of course, we know he's he's been scrambling his butt off this season because the offensive line has been absolutely horrific. Um, but let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Davis Webb has to come in and, and play, Patty. How confident are you of, of his performance and in, in what he can bring to the table this week? Well, Davis, obviously, he's never thrown a regular season pass. I mean, he, he, he looked good in this system in the preseason because, as you said, he knows it extremely well. As a matter of fact, Mike Kafka was saying the other day that he actually learned the system from Davis Webb. Davis helped him learn the system having, you know, run it up in Buffalo. So there's a high confidence level in Davis if he has to go in. But, again, the, the X factor here is, is he's never played in a regular season game. And as you know, it's a lot faster. It's a different tempo. So it's a little different than in the preseason. So um, as far as my confidence level is concerned, I mean, I know Davis is going to know what he's doing, but whether he can execute it, that remains to be seen. I mean, if we go off of the preseason, he should be okay. But, um, you know, seeing's believing. And like I said, now you're facing the, the ones. You're not facing, you know, the, the twos or the threes, you know, guys that maybe aren't on roster stamps. So it's a little bit different in the regular season. Patty Trainia joining us here uh, on, on ESPN. Um, let, let's talk about the offensive line, right? Like so much, so much expectation and hope like, wow, you know, Andrew Thomas really performed well at the end of last season, hoping that he would pick up where he left off. And certainly he's done well. Evan Neal, not as great as I had anticipated. You know, Daniel Jones is one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you feel has been the disconnect here in regards to the offensive line? Well, I mean, with that, you know, you got to remember he's a rookie. So, you know, very few rookies come into the NFL and, and set the world on fire. I think the, the problem, though, has kind of been up the middle. The, uh, the interior hasn't been as consistent as you'd like it to be. Um, you know, and that's because of injuries. You know, uh, Shane Lemieux was supposed to be the starting left guard. He's currently on IR, uh, recovering from a foot issue. So you've had Ben Bredesen in there, and then it's Mark Lewinsky who had to go out you know, last week uh, for a little bit at right guard, Bredesen had to move over, and then you had Joshua Zudu, another rookie, step in. So the interior of the offensive line, I think, has, has been where most of the pressure has come from outside of, you know, that one week against Dallas where, where Evan Neal, unfortunately, just got schooled by Demarcus uh, Lawrence. So, you know, that being said, I think what the Giants have tried to do in an, in an effort to help that line is in addition to having the tight end chip is slide that pocket around so that, you know, Daniel can, can move around and get out of harm's way rather than leaving him back there when he drops back as a sitting duck. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and just to, before we move on to, to the other position groups here and, and what we can expect this week, you know, I, I've been telling folks, you know, I, I don't know what more you can ask of Daniel Jones. You know, again, most pressure quarterback in the NFL and his accuracy and completion percentage is 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 up there in 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 the top ten. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't know about you, Patty. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like, I don't know if there's if there's very many quarterbacks out there that can perform as well as we've seen. Granted, I know that you know they're they're okay. Their records three and one, uh, but you know, I just don't know if there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that can perform and do do as well as Daniel has done under the immense pressure and oh by the way lack of 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 weapons i mean we're going to dive into what the wide receiving core is going to look like uh this 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 coming sunday but 
I mean, you know, I just, when you, when you look at the total package, you know, how can you not be so impressed with what you've seen from Daniel Jones this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been under duress, as you mentioned, but you know what? He is a tough, tough individual. And I'm not talking just physically, I'm talking mentally. Um, He's determined, you know, he's not one to make excuses. He's not one to sit there and lament about all my receivers let me down or all my offensive line let me down. It's almost Eli-like. You know, I I know you covered the Giants when Eli was around, and you know how Eli always used to point the finger at himself if things didn't go the right way. Well, Daniel does the same thing. Daniel really learned well from Eli. And, uh, you know, look, Daniel knows, I think, I think he's smart enough to know that he can only control what he can control. And if something breaks down and Daniel, you know, we've seen, and we've seen it happen. This is how he kind of gets himself into trouble. If, if he doesn't have what he thinks he needs, he'll try to load the team up on his shoulders and carry them across the finish line. Now, sometimes that ends up in disaster for him because he takes some unnecessary hits. But you're right. Given the circumstances so far, he, he's really, you know, stepped forward. Now, people are going to disagree and say, well, his stats stink. He hasn't thrown for over 200 yards. He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. But, you know, when you look at the whole picture, all things considered, that he's still standing, that he's, you know, that he is 3-1. and one, and, and, yeah, you can talk about the competition all you want, but the Giants haven't – they weren't even blown out against the Dallas Cowboys like they might have been in the past. So, yeah, all things considered, I would say so far so good for Daniel Jones. Yeah, you you and I are, are, are on the same page there. Uh, looking at the wide receiving core, uh, Kenny Galladay, what a waste of money. Uh, 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 unbelievable. I mean, it has to be, you know, yeah. uh, um, Gettleman's worst, uh, you know, disappointment, uh, biggest failure. Uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, when's this guy going to get healthy? I, I just don't get it. Um, and and un- unfortunately, I'm, I'm also hearing that Robinson more than likely is not going to play this week. So uh, uh, another week where Richie James is, is Daniel's number one wide receiver. What, what do you, what, what are you anticipating from like, who's going to, who's going to catch his passes? Who's going to catch his passes, well, Patty? <laughs> What what are you doing uh, this weekend, Anita? You think you can just yeah, still sit yeah. up and then? Yeah, let me jump on a flight to London. Pull pull out my shoulder pads. They've they've got cobwebs on them. I don't know. I mean, listen. At at the end of the day, I know that this 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 team and this game uh, for for the Giants begins and ends with Saquon Barkley, right? And in what an amazing season yeah. he's he's had so far, right? Like so uber impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean. Saquon has looked like Saquon again, even better if, if, if that's possible. And he has been the saving grace. And, and what's amazing is, is I don't think a lot of teams have really stacked the box against him, which is kind of interesting. I think the stat I saw on next-gen stats, I want to say he's 11.2% of his carries, he's only faced the loaded box, which just blows my mind. I mean, I, I wonder if that's going to change this weekend against the Packers, who really don't have a great run defense. I don't think their safeties do such a great job coming up defending the run, but, you know, we'll see if maybe they have something up their sleeve. But, but yeah, as far as the receivers go, I mean, how wild is that? You know, their top three guys that they were counting on, Galladay, Tony, and Sterling Shepard, all, you know, for, for whatever the reason, Shepard, unfortunately, done for the season with the ACL, Tony with a hamstring, and not just one hamstring, but two hamstrings on either leg, um, you know, Galladay now with the knee after, after sitting there saying that he should be playing regardless, 
Mm-hmm. Um, just Dolly's just not a fit for this, this offense. And then, you know, you, you go to Richie James, David Sills, uh, Darius Slayton, who really hasn't gotten a whole lot of reps. You know, they've been bringing up guys off the, off the, uh, the practice squad. It's, it's, I, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, uh, I don't know how the Giants are three and one, given the, the the lack of production from their receivers. But hey, listen, these guys, the Richie Jameses and the David Sills, give them credit. They studied the playbook, they worked their tails off in practice, and they earned the right to to get reps in the games. Uh, before I let you go, Patty, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. From what I understand, Ojolari is out. Is Leo Williams going to play? What can we expect from Thibodeau? I know he's been on somewhat of a, a pitch count. They're going to need him, obviously, against Aaron Rodgers in this Green, Green Bay Packers offense. Yeah, um, Ojolari didn't make the trip, so he is indeed out. Um, Leo Williams was listed as questionable, which is a lot better than what he was listed the last two times. So my gut feeling says he plays. Um, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Giants already have seven guys who aren't playing who were declared out. So by default, Leo Williams would probably be active anyway. But, um, you know, that being said, if he, if he does play, I would anticipate he'll probably be on a, on a pitch count. Um, as far as Ojolari goes, really good opportunity for him against that offense, that Packers offensive line, which, you know, has been kind of, you know, it's it's been better than what – the Giants have faced so far, but it's still not, you know, we're not talking one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. So um, Thibodeau was feeling more com- confident. You know, he was asked about, hey, how's he going to feel to eventually get that first sack? And he talked about how he couldn't wait and how he hoped it came this weekend on the international stage. So the kid, so he's, he's riled up and, you know, ready to go. And I think they've taken away, you know, they've taken off any, you know, pitch counts off of his plate now that he's he's had a full game to, you know, get acclimated again. So I'm curious to see how they do because Wink Martindale has to strike some kind of a balance. You know, we know Wink likes to, you know, blitz the heck out of quarterbacks. Well, you do that to Aaron Rodgers and he's going to pick you apart. So Martindale spoke this week about the challenges of striking a balance between, you know, d- d- dictating to the quarterback what, you know, on their terms, but at the same time not letting – Rogers pick them apart. Great stuff, Patty. Great insight for us. Really do appreciate it. Patty Trania joining us here, publisher for Giants County, part of Fan Nation Network, a sports illustrated channel. Also hosted the Locked On Giants podcast, available wherever you podcast and on YouTube. So make sure uh, you uh, you follow her and, and check out all her material. Patty, thank you so much. Enjoy the game, the early morning game on Sunday. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, such great information, right? Like, and and this is what I love about the show, right? Is yeah, it's a gambling show, but also it's always great to have, like we had Nathan Zagura on earlier, give us some inside uh, information regarding what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. And obviously Patty wealth of information when it comes to, um, of course the the New York football giants as they get ready to take on the green Bay Packers. So, uh, so how am I going to play this? Uh, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to play it in regard to, uh, you know, the spread or the over under, I'm just, I'm too worried. Daniel Jones is dealing with an ankle issue. Granted, he's looked good in the past 24 to 48 hours. He took the flight over there to London, but, it, but and he runs a lot. So God forbid something happens and he injures his, his ankle and Davis Webb has to come in. And, and, and lack of wide receivers that they're working with, it just scares me too much. But I'll tell you how I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this in prop bets because right now, Richie James is 
Daniel Jones or whoever's going to quarterback eventually, who knows, hopefully Daniel lasts all four quarters. We'll see. Um, is his number one wide receiver. And right now in prop bets, uh, you could get Richie James over 40 and a half receiving yards from minus 115. And you could get Richie James over three and a half receptions from minus 105. That's how I'm playing this, right? Like targets have to go somewhere. If there's no Galladay, there's no Kadarius Tony, there's no Robinson, Shepard's out. Targets have to go somewhere. And, and by the way, Richie James is Daniel's best friend on the, on, on the team. And that, that, that counts for something. At least I think it does. Uh, the other prop bet I'm going to make is Saquon Barkley over 77 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, he, he's, he's the straw that stirs this drink here in New York. He really is. So, uh, so those are the prop bets that I'm going to play in that matchup. Hey, it's been a really great show. I've had a lot of fun. So informative. Um, of course, you know, I, I want to thank all our guests, Nathan Zagura, um, Randy Robles, uh, Ohm, Youngman Souk, who uh, gave us our, our NBA Futures preview, Fat Jack, who joined us. How about he joined us? Uh, Tyler, he joined us all the way from across the pond. How I great was that? It. I know. I know. So, so special. Awesome. So great. And, of course, uh, Patty Trania, uh, who's, who's awesome. And, uh, and of course, our, our fantastic producers, Tyler and Rebecca, who do a phenomenal job, as always, uh, with this show. Again, uh, a short version of this program, uh, because we're typically on, obviously, on Thursday nights, but, uh, but, but, but here on Friday, of course, because the Lakers played. But nonetheless, we thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody, good luck this week. Um, good gambling. Hopefully, we've, uh, we've, we've helped you win some money. Uh, and we'll be back next week uh, right here. Bet LA on 710 ESPN LA.